Hello and welcome to our daily devotional podcast. Today I want to talk about praying for others. I want to touch on two things. First, generally, what do you pray for another person? And then, how do you pray? Before we do that, let us ask God to speak to us and help us to focus. Let us pray. Father, you have called us to pray for one another, to pray for those in despair, to pray for those in trouble. We ask then that you will teach us what to pray for them and how to pray as well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think the first question we often ask ourselves is, what do we pray for a person? Do we know what to pray for? Well, general rules first is that when a person is ill, when the person was ill, Jesus went around healing. There is no record of anywhere where Jesus did not heal. Obviously, in our day to day, we aren't, we don't see fantastic results. Sometimes we pray for a person and the person is healed. At other times, we pray for the person and the condition remains or worsens or the person dies. And so we feel often at a loss. Do we pray for healing? Do we pray for nothing? What do we pray for? Well, as I mentioned, first of all, when Jesus was on earth, everyone that's, that's recorded that he prayed for was healed. And so we continue to pray for healing. But the other reason why we continue to pray for healing is that we really don't know what God will do. But we know what's in our hearts. If we long for God to heal that person, then we ask simply, God, please heal that person because I'm not going to predict what God is going to do. But I can tell God what is in my heart and what I would love for Him to do. After I've made that request, I leave it to God to decide. But if I were to express what's inside me, I would say, Yes, God, please heal because I need to see you heal. Of course, there are times when we see that a person has lived a full life and it's time to go. Then I'd say, God, maybe this is time to let the person go. Because going back to you, going to heaven is a far more wonderful thing. And I'm ready to let release the person, let him or her go. But most of the time, I would pray for healing. But in other things, for example, in circumstances, what I notice from the Bible is that Paul, for example, barely ever asked God to deliver people from persecution or from dire circumstances. The One of the few times that Paul asked to be delivered was when he had a thorn in the flesh, and that's recorded in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He said that he had a thorn in the flesh. We don't know what that meant. It could have been a physical illness. It's more likely that it was trouble, perhaps conflict, perhaps persecution. And three times he asked God to remove that thorn. And God did not remove it. But what he learned from that was that in his weakness, he will see God's strength. And that's the theme largely in Paul's prayers for the believers. That instead of asking God to deliver them from tribulations or to deliver him from persecutions, 
He often prayed that their faith will grow, that they will be patient. Let me read a few passages to you. In Romans chapter 12, verse 12, Paul prays, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And then in Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 to 11, it is about persecution. It is, and Paul's prayer was that their love may abound. Once again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 to 7, he talks about the believers sharing in Christ's suffering. So it's not about them being delivered from suffering, but rather that they share in the suffering of Christ. But his prayer for them then is that they have endurance. There was one other time when Paul prayed that he would be delivered from unbelievers. In Romans chapter 15, verse 30 to 33, Paul prayed that he would be delivered from believers, but the reason was this, that he longed to be back with the believers, with the church, that he might encourage them again. So his reason wasn't that he be just set free from suffering, but rather that he would have one more chance to meet with the believers to encourage them in their faith. It looks as though then that the rule for praying in circumstances is not so much that God remove us or remove the circumstances from us, but rather that we have love, we develop love, patience, endurance, faith, and have joy even in the midst of our persecution and in the midst of suffering and hard, difficult situations. And so looking then at these two separate aspects, one of illness, where we pray for healing, and one of bad circumstances, like a painful marriage, like difficult circumstances in the office, or struggles with others, we pray instead for love, for joy, for peace, peace in the heart first, for endurance, for patience. Now the second thing then we often ask ourselves is how then do we pray? Many of us are verbal people and we learn only one way of praying and that's verbally. Verbally, by verbal, I mean not just speech but in writing. I'm in many small uh, chat groups where groups of friends pray for each other and pray for others. And often I see very beautiful prayers and I'm really thankful for these because they evoke emotion. They show zeal and love for the person they pray for. But I'm not a verbal person, not very much. If ever I were to write a prayer, it would more likely be, God, please heal him. God, please help that person. And there wouldn't be such beauty and eloquence and passion in what I write. But I am a very visual person. Instead of using words to pray, I pray with images, I pray with scenes, I pray in my imagination. I wonder if some of you are like me as well, that when it comes to looking for words to pray, you are just simply out of words. You don't know what to say, you don't know how to pray, your prayers are, your prayers are one-liners, God please help him, God please heal her. And that's about it. You don't know what else to do. Now, if you happen also to be a, vis a visual person, an imaginative person, 
And let me help you with one way that I pray. That will help me. Now, some caveats. As we pray visually, we are not manipulating and making this, these things happen. We are simply saying to God, same as in a verbal way, God, please do these things for that person. So I'm not trying to manipulate by, by imaging something and saying this must be done. In my mind, I'm simply saying, God, I would like this to be done. It's exactly the same as a verbal. If I say, Lord, heal him, I'm not expecting always that there's 100% healing. When I pray for healing, I believe that God heals and that God does want in most circumstances to heal. But I also give allowance for times and God chooses not to heal. I also allow for the fact of our own weaknesses. Likewise, as I pray with visuals, as I pray imagining with my imagination, I'm not twisting God's hands. I'm simply asking that God make these things happen. But a lot of the visuals are also the things from the things that God promises. And let me give you a few examples. What would I do as I pray for someone who is ill in need of healing? I would, like the four friends of the paralyzed man, bring that man before Jesus. So I would think or see myself as carrying that person or leading that person by the hand if that person can still walk. I would hold a person's hand in my mind and then bring that person before Jesus. If that person can no longer walk, I might think of a few friends or myself carrying that person before Jesus. And then in my mind, in my imagination, I would say, Lord Jesus, lay your hand upon this brother, upon this sister. And then I would see the hand of Jesus laying on the part that is ill. And I would imagine a light filling that place and that place, that organ or that part of the body be healed or the whole person be healed, bathed in light, bathed in warmth of Jesus. This is my request to Jesus that he pour his light and his warmth and his healing power onto that person. And so I imagine bringing the person to Jesus and then Jesus laying his hand on that person. I pray until I feel a sense of peace and then I say thank you Lord and I move on. That's how I would pray for a person who is ill. There are other ways too. When I pray for a person who is depressed, I have a number of, a large part of my work is counselling, is helping people with mental health issues like depression, anxiety tiredness, exhaustion, burnout. And what I often do is then I think of the showers of blessing. I think of water as the spirit, as refreshing, as cleansing. When I work with someone who's filled with guilt or filled with hurts, I think of that person, I think of myself bringing that person to a waterfall and then water pouring down. And I place that person, I lead that person into the water, under the waterfall, and allow the water to just pour onto that person and flow. And what I think about then is refreshment, it's cleansing, it's rejuvenation, it's healing. 
I think of that person as being healed as the hurts, as the dirt, as the guilt is washed away, as the tiredness is taken away. And then I leave that person there under the waterfall and I say, God, just keep pouring your spirit, pour your refreshment, pour your healing upon that person. I imagine the water just flowing down and the person turning from sadness, from depression, from rage to joy. And then as I pray with my mind, and sometimes I pray in tongues too as I visualize that, and I'll talk about tongues another time, but that's, that is good if you have it. It's not something that's mandated, so don't worry if you don't speak in tongues. Just imagine this person being filled, being washed and cleansed, full of water. And then when I feel a sense of peace, then I move on as well. I pray also for families, families that are very broken, families that are full of conflict, anger and hatred with each other. And in such cases, I think of Jesus gathering the family together, holding the family by the shoulder, squeezing the family, a group hug kind of thing, and then holding the family together and then breathing into them. And as I visualize that, I think of love, warmth, filling each member of the family. I see Jesus taking a towel or taking a tissue and wiping tears off each of the family members, healing their hurts. I see them, their faces frowning, slowly turn into smiles, their tense bodies relaxing. And this is what I pray for them in the absence. Then in their presence, of course, if they're around, I would pray the same thing. God, give them and your embrace. Hold them in your hands. And I visualize Jesus just holding them in his arms and letting his peace and his love come into them. I do that every day. I pray for them as regularly as I can because I know that a lot of these take process slow. But my belief is that as I continue doing that, God heals the heart God heals the relationship. I also pray when there is a third party involved, where there's adultery, there are affairs, and where I know that there is still hope for the family. I pray then that the offending party also feels deep guilt. So I imagine this offending party with the third part person, third party, and as they meet, I, I visualize pain, I visualize guilt, I visualize the person turning away and going back to the family and wanting to be with the family. So some ways. And then when I pray for countries suffering people, whole communities that are suffering, for example, in Myanmar, in war-torn countries, I think of Jesus in their midst like a mother hand bringing her chicks to herself, sheltering them, giving, and as I visualize God just pulling the whole community together, sometimes feeding them, often comforting them. I think of warmth, I think of peace, 
I think of calmness. I think of confidence as smiles. I see smiles on their faces, as in even in the midst of their suffering and their pain, they find relief and they find comfort. I am poor with words, but as I visualize God doing these things, I know that I, these are exactly the things that He does because they're seen in the Bible. I read these things in the Bible. How God heals the hearts, how God brings families together, how God teaches people to love one another, how God helps, says, "Do not be anxious, be anxious about nothing, but bring your request to God." I see God giving peace to those who are troubled, and so without words, I imagine, I visualize God doing these things. Perhaps you could try as well, if you are also a visual person. I find especially that I pray a lot more intensely when I do that, because with words, when I run out of words after the first sentence, I don't know what to say next, and I just let go and I dismiss that person and move on. But often, as I pray, I don't feel the satisfaction that I really prayed. But when I visualize them, then I take my time to pray, and then. Until I feel a sense of peace, and then I say, "God, thank you," and then I move on to the next person. Well, I hope this will help you. Perhaps you could try it now or later as you spend time praying for people that are important for to you, or people whom you have heard of, or people that you just read about or think about, like those in war-torn countries. And you feel that urge to pray for them. Try visualizing. Shall we pray? Father, you teach us to pray. Because Lord, we know that as we pray, we also speak your mind and your heart. There are many times when we don't know what's what your will is, and we find that hard to pray. It's especially so when we ask for healing of people. Because we don't know when you heal and when you don't, and yet God, we realize we read in the Bible that those who came to you were healed. We ask that you keep us with that faith, to keep praying, asking for your healing, because that's exactly what we want: that those who are sick be healed. Teach us then to pray and to persevere in prayer. Whether in words or in visuals, that we may see your healing hand upon all who are sick. We pray too, Lord, that you teach us how to pray for those who need refreshment, for those who need healing of the hearts, those who need encouragement, those who are broken-hearted and torn down, those who are anxious and depressed. We ask that you teach us how to pray for them and to persevere in prayer too, believing that day by day, you will heal them of their hurts, of their fears. You heal families that are torn with by conflict. God, that you bring love back in the hearts, you bring peace back into the hearts of each. Open their eyes to see. 
the beauty in each other and the hope, the plans you have for the family. We ask then that you teach each of us, all of us to pray and to persevere in our prayers. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, have a great day and God bless you all. Goodbye.